The Bob Murphy Show, episode 120. you gonna do get ready for another episode of the bob murphy show the podcast promoting free markets free minds and grateful souls it's your source for commentary and interviews conducted by a christian and economist now here's your host bob murphy hey everyone welcome to another episode of the bob murphy show in this one i am going to replay an interview I did with the guys who do the Babylon Bee, that satirical website that it's sort of like The Onion, but if the writers were Christian, that's kind of what the Babylon Bee is if you're not familiar with it. So anyway, it's a fun interview. They ask me, they talk about some economic stuff, but it's also kind of off-the-wall questions and uh, with a little bit of a Christianity mixed in too. So hope you enjoy it. Here is my interview with the Babylon Bee guys. Welcome to the Babylon Bee interview show. I'm Kyle Mann. I'm Ethan Nicole. And we are joined today. It's actually not the interview show. I think this is the new show. With, oh, no, it's not the interview show. Yeah, we're putting week. this on our topic of the week. That's yeah. right. Corrected you already. I already, I already ruined it. Yeah. It's just stupid. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> All right. Today for our topic of the week, we are talking about economics, mm. which is the study of eco money. Yeah, it's like it's, it's money. And, okay. I think. And so we, since we, we are very studied in the school of economics, but we mm-hmm. thought we would get someone on to just confirm our biases. And that's, yeah, I have like eight Thomas Sowell books on my bookshelf. Oh, nice. So you're pretty much, you have a degree in economics, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. So we, we, today we are joined by Dr. Robert P. Murphy. Hi, doctor. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. And l- let me say, I, I love your guys' stuff for, for, for all joking aside. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we want to, you know, dive into, I mean, I'm sure you've been talking about this like crazy, but uh, it couldn't be a crazier time for the economy. And uh, maybe just uh, where are people getting it wrong? You hear a lot of st- people saying stupid things on the internet, you know, with you know, we're, being, we're in the middle of, in fact, we were just switching to video. So anybody watching, we're in the middle of COVID. There hasn't been a, a hair place open for a while so i haven't had a haircut in a long time so i just me neither just so you know if you're, you're seeing me <laughs> that's why i look a caveman <laughs> uh, sure so um i think the mistake of the people i'll do like mistakes on the left and the right so the, the people on the right like the okay. typical trump supporter i think their mistake is if they think the economy was doing great and then oh shoot this stupid virus from china came and ruined everything that no um especially my colleagues in the, in the what's called the austrian school of economics We've been warning ever since the Fed has been doing the rounds of QE or quantitative easing that that they were blowing up a giant bubble that was going to burst. The yield curve inverted last summer. And so before this thing even hit, like a lot of us were warning that there was going to be a pretty bad recession starting this summer anyway. So obviously this global pandemic doesn't help matters any, but um, I, I think the economy was in serious trouble already. So for people who think this is just some exogenous thing that Trump couldn't control, and that's why the economy is bad. I think that's wrong. Uh, as far as the people mm. who are, you know, the typical progressive leftist types, the thing that they s- seem to just believe that, oh, 
everyone can stay home, you know, indefinitely and the federal government just needs to send relief checks and we'll just wait till the, you know, medical establishment signs off and when it's safe. And I think, you know, putting aside issues of, of the, you know, the, the medical aspect of this, they're just not understanding the fact that, you know, the, the economy needs people going to the factories and it's not just enough to have workers go back to work eventually. But when you, when you get to your job, I mean, you're using things that other people produced. Sorry. Right? So the, the way to quickly put it is when the carpenters go back to work, if there's no new nails, because nobody, you know, who makes nails has been going to work for three months, you know, they, they can't do their job. Right. So I think the longer this lockdown lasts, you start seeing pockets. The most obvious example that I'm sure your, your listeners are aware of is the, the breakdown of the food supply chain with the, the, you know, the meat mm-hmm. aspect of it. So th- that sort of thing, it's not just meat in general, you know, to just having like people not, yeah, people not going to work. I mean, it's it's not just a matter of, oh, well, we'll just have the government take care. I mean, the government printing money or borrowing money, if people aren't going to work, there's nothing the money can buy, right? So there's mm. just that element too that I think some people on the on the left are not fully grasping that. So it sounds to me like you want people to die. Is that what you want? Well, no. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I just wanted to throw in there. Uh, I'm everything economists say. I, my brain starts to like twist up, like a, like a, like you know when you get a Charlie horse in your leg. I get yeah. that in my brain. It's like, ah. it, yeah, it so, is. But, yeah, but if you if you put it all into like lemonade stand analogies and keep it ten dollars in ten dollar one dollar increments, yes, then I can get it. So if you can always use those analogies for me, I'll I'll get it. I will, I will do my best. So, I mean, the more serious yeah. thing to, to your reply is, you know, we're, we're certainly in my household taking this very seriously, but again, it's, yeah. it, it can't be that everyone just stays home indefinitely because, you know, right. we, we rely, you know, we get Instacart and stuff and well, how are the grocery stores having food to bring to us? And, you know, who's making gloves, who's making hand sanitizer if no one's going to work. I mean, so, I mean, I know this yeah. is kind of like common sense stuff, but yet some of the commentary we see, it's like, oh, we can't, go back to work until it's safe. And it's like, at some point, unfortunately, I mean, there's no good outcome for this, right? I mean, there's constraints, there's scarcity. Mm -hmm. It's there's, there's no plan that someone could say and realize there's no downside. And so that's, you know, that's, that's the trade-off we face right now. So what was the, you said the economy was already in trouble. Uh, So what were the indicators of that and why, uh, why was the economy in trouble? Okay. So what I think causes the business cycle typically is that the central bank in conjunction with the commercial banks, it, it floods the market with cheap credit. So interest rates get pushed down to artificially low levels. So I think that's what happened during the housing bubble years, right? In the, you know, the mid 2000s is that the Federal Reserve was, was creating too much money, interest rates were low, and that helped fuel that unsustainable boom. And that's why there was a crisis in 2008. So the Fed did you know the same thing they had done after the dot-com crash, just far more so with the rounds of QE. So like one way I put it in a simple manner is the government or the Fed creating dollars doesn't make us wealthier. There's not more houses. There's not more food. It's not, there's not more software engineers just because they create dollars. And obviously they can't just, you know, why don't they just create a million dollars for everybody, make everyone a millionaire. You realize at some point, well, that can't be it because then prices would just go up, right? So the mere act of creating money doesn't make us wealthier in in a real sense, but it can screw things up. And so I, I think- the booming stock market, you know, from 2009 onward was artificial that, you know, objectively there was a lot wrong with the U S economy and yet the stock market was booming. So that's one indication to me that that was artificial. Um, and so 
you asked for a measure, like I said, one pretty objective thing that a lot of economists and analysts looked at was what's called the yield curve inversion that happened in 2019 at the end of the summer. And that historically since World War II, whenever that has happened, where what that means is that the interest rate on short-term bonds is higher than on long-term ones, typically that signals a recession that comes within a year or so. So that did happen. So a lot of people were saying, uh-oh, it looks like a recession is finally here. Uh, lemonade stand version. Yeah, this is like, I didn't hear a lemonade stand in there at all. <laughs> I didn't hear a single lemonade stand. So reference. I guess, yeah, if the interest rate's too low, then too many people think it's a good idea to start lemonade stands. The Fed chickens out, raises interest rates, and then a lot of people say, wow, I shouldn't have started that lemonade stand. They got to lay off the worker. <laughs> that worked. I didn't now I understand. Worked, yeah. <laughs> now I get it. How about hot dog stands? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could probably Similar address idea. it up. Yeah. Yeah, in anything. We any also food. could have done, I mean, another analogy people use is to say like the cheap credit from the Fed is like giving a sugar high or sometimes you might, you know, use like mm. a, like a drinking analogy. And so, yeah, the, the low rates mm. are good, but, but businesses get hooked on it. And then it's kind of like, you're going to have a hangover. And so you need more, you know, so there's, there's different mm. analogies people use, but the basic idea being the Fed's not doing us any favors by creating money and keeping interest rates okay. low, that the interest rates are price, it, it communicates information and so if it's the wrong number, that screws things up. So the Fed is like a drug dealer mm-hmm. and they're injecting everybody with crack. Crack. Do you inject crack? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I mean, if you're going to, you can inject people with crack if you're just a crazy person with a needle and you just, I guess you can inject anything inject that you can think of anybody the, if you want to. Into the <laughs> syringe. Yeah. Just have the disregard for the law. Yeah. Do anything. Okay. Um, so what are some unforeseen or unseen, what, what are some things going on right now in the economy that like the average person is not even aware of? Like we, we're all talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the meat and people need jobs, obvious stuff. What's stuff that like the layman is not catching on to? Okay. So one thing that's a pretty big deal is the, the federal uh, stimulus act that they, you know, recently passed the $2 trillion or whatever the number was. Yeah, one, of, one of the components same. of that, and they call it, I think they call it the CARES Act. One of the component was, components was the federal government was augmenting state-level unemployment insurance by $600 a week, right? And so that mm. was being – so is that flat fee regardless of what your previous wage had been? So typically, if you lose your job, you get state-administered you know, unemployment, and it's based at some percentage of what you used to earn you know, up to a maximum. So you get paid less from unemployment than if you had kept your job. Whereas here, mm. there's literally millions of people – I don't remember the exact estimates were – who are getting paid more in unemployment right now than when they had been working. So there's anecdotal reports uh-huh. of like business owners who wanted to keep their employees on the payroll, you know, out of goodwill and stuff. And just, yeah. you know, they had a team meeting and realized you guys can make more, just apply for, you know, I'll quote, lay you off, apply for hmm. unemployment. You'll get more. Plus, you know, no one, we don't have any customers right now, or maybe they're not essential. They're forced to be closed anyway. And then later in the, you know, when summer will, I'll hire you back. So hmm. Even as these lockdowns end, you know, state by state, they're phasing stuff out. I think the labor market's going to be mired in this rut at least until August because this, what I just said, that's that's true up through July. So, so there's that element that, you know, the, the official unemployment numbers are going to be really huge once the next n- month's numbers come out because there's a lag. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. going to stay high at least, on, you know, through the summer because, like I say, th- there are many people who are literally getting paid more to stay home than, than to, to work. So th- mm-hmm. there's that element. Um Beyond that, though, 
I'm concerned that what the government's doing in the central bank, meaning the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. they're it's moving into a position where you need to be on their good side. Like you're getting cheap loans from them or, you know, to be declared an essential business, like in the various phases and who's allowed to go to work. And so I'm concerned, like a lot of the smaller businesses, you know, like a mom and pop store or, you know, it's just sole entrepreneurship, they're just going to go under. And then, you know, really the the bailouts or whatever, the, the relief programs are going to be more for, for bigger companies. So I think, you're going to see a lot more consolidation of, of this, where this crisis is, you know, being hijacked as it were, so that besides everything else that's going on, you know, when the dust settles, I think there's going to be a lot more concentration and a lot of, you know, small business owners are going to get wiped out and they're going to have to go back to being employees. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So like, what's your prediction for when, when things, when everybody goes back to work, it's probably going to ha- not going to happen instantly or overnight, but there's definitely going to be a shift where like it starts to happen and people start to, it seems like it's already kind of starting to happen. Like I'm noticing more places are opening up in limited capacity. Like even some are doing it against the wishes of their local government. Like it's people are like restless to go back to work. Once that kind of, I don't know if it'll tidal wave in or how fast it'll happen, but that shift happens. What effect do you think that'll have on the economy? Well, I mean, it'll be good. Like, so Mm -hmm. like in terms of the official numbers, we don't have the estimate yet, but I mean, GDP, you know, that thing fell off a cliff. I think yeah. it's probably the biggest, <laughs> the biggest drop in a quarter literally ever. Like even during the Great Depression, it didn't fall this quickly because there's never been anything like this. There, there's never yeah, been a time craziness. when the, you know, governments around the whole country just said you can't go to work. Like there's no, there's nothing yeah. like this. That's never happened. Um, so, I mean, there's been pandemics and stuff, but they didn't force everybody to stay home before. Mm-hmm. So to, to answer your question, I mean, that'll somewhat recover, but again, in my mind, the economy was already in serious trouble anyway. And so then this is just, you know, kicking somebody who already was. Is there a boom, do you think, because of the, all the things people haven't been doing for so long will suddenly go out and will there be a lot of spending, do you think? Or is it going to be a weak, a weak uh, climb back up because a lot of people weren't working? <laughs> right. So the, the, the latter thing you said, I think that okay. um, it's, I think a lot of people are still going to be skittish. And even when everything's wide open and even if all the right. restaurants and I mean, I think a lot of people are just yeah. going to say, you know what? I don't want to go back to a movie theater anytime yeah. soon. Let, let's wait a, a year and see how many people get Let's see if there's a second wave of this stuff That's true. Uh, or sense. restaurant, you know what I mean? So, and all, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of things where it's, it's not just going to be flipping a switch and it goes back to normal um, for various reasons. Like for some things, I think it's just people are just going to say, yeah, this it's a new environment now. And you know, I don't, like I've seen cases in Japan, I don't know if it was Japan, but um, or no, it was in China, excuse me, where, you know, they try to reopen movie theaters like with every other seat taped off and stuff like yeah. that, you know, but that <laughs> that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like that, I don't think you'd feel safe doing that, you know? Oh, well, as long mm. as the guy's only, you know, 10 feet away from me breathing into the yeah. same air for two hours. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying there's things like that that aren't going to come back. The other big thing too, though, is the way I'm looking at it, it's, it's not that the economy is just driven by, oh, are people willing to spend money? Because like I said, they can just create money. That's not the, the issue is you have to go to the store. What are you going to spend your money on? Someone had to make that. And so if, if right. unless people start going back to work, that's really the the constraint here is, is people have mm-hmm. to go back to work. And again, it's going to be tricky with this wave of bankruptcies and things like, I mean, to give you another example, apparently in April, 25% of tenants didn't make their rental payment, you know, just nationwide. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. I mean, a bunch of landlords that, you know, they can't make their mortgage payments. So what happened, you know, so there's a lot of cascading things here 
Yeah. And I don't think it's correct when people kind of just assume, oh, well, just the federal government will bail everybody out. And that, you know, that's just like we're all paying for it indirectly as taxpayers then. So it's, th- yeah. there's a lot that's getting screwed up here. And it's not merely a matter of, oh, let's just wait, stay at home and watch Netflix for a few weeks and everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different people in so many different situations to think the government can fix it all by throwing money at everybody. It's like, like I even know at our house where our my wife is a nurse. She has hardly worked during this period because she, whatever she does is uh, considered an essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've lost it. Her, her chunk of the income has been almost down, all, all the way down. Apparently, whatever we made in 2018, I don't know. We haven't gotten any checks or anything from the government, so... It's been not horrible, but it's been tight. You know, it's like a, anyway, that's what, that's an anecdote right there. Can you give that anecdote with some lemonade stands? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. She had a lemonade. We both have lemonade stands, but nobody's buying her lemonade because they decided, they decided hers is not essential. Mine's not essential either, but I still just go and do it because I'm I'm rebellious. Ah, I believe in freedom. So if you could go punch one economist, who would it be? And, and where and where in their body would you punch them? And what you describe the punch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but actually, I'm a pacifist. So what? Yeah, yeah. So but I thought you were a Christian. Kick them. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what would I would you do, have your bodyguard punch. I, I would write okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> write a scathing article. Uh, there is a thing. So it would have to be Paul Krugman. Um, mm. And there is a thing where I I challenged him to a to a debate. And then I hit, you know, to, to promote that I was doing a thing like, like a Rocky deal. So I was doing videos of, you know, me mm-hmm. boxing gloves on <laughs> and the economist magazine did pick that up and they had a, a caricature of me tapping him on the shoulder with, you know, my boxing gloves on. So, th- so there is that going on. So okay. it, it would be him, but yeah, it would be more of a metaphorical punch. Okay. Oh. In the metaphorical, maybe like, yeah. What, stomach yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Oh, as, as I, it would, it wouldn't be like from behind. Like, it wouldn't be a cheap shot. Like, I'd want, oh, I yeah, want him to see in. it coming. Yeah, full frontal. Yeah, so, so maybe, I didn't mean that. <laughs> wrong, maybe, wrong maybe, use of that. Like the trolley problem. The trolley's headed towards Paul Krugman, and you've got the lever. What? That's the trolley problem. That's not a lemonade stand analogy, so I can't. Okay, I can't follow. The lemonade stand is about to fall on Paul Krugman, <laughs> and he has the opportunity to yeah. dive and save him. You can save the and lemons. Says, I, didn't, Krugman. I didn't stand yeah. aside. Yeah, oh, I got you. That's the best we can get out of a pacifist, <laughs> I guess. So you're a pacifist. Wow. So yeah, you're a Christian, but you said you're a pacifist. How does that work? Yeah, because Christians like war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know you're being provocative and funny, but yeah, I'm, I am curious <laughs> what the. Uh, I, I've pondered that myself. So because where my pacifism comes from is just, you know, so I, let me be clear. I, I don't think everyone who's a Christian, Oh, to be a good Christian, you got to be pat. I'm just saying the way, like I interpret the sermon on the mountain stuff. I'm saying, well, it sure sounds like he's saying this stuff. And, you know, in his own life, Jesus obviously didn't, you know, use violence to, to stop what happened to him, even though bad people did bad things. So, um, so yeah, that's, it, it does flow from, it, it's sort of like the way I can put it is, like imagine like your literal brother, you know, wouldn't you feel bad if you had to go tell your parents, yeah, we had an argument and I killed him. Like, even if it was in self-defense, like, wouldn't you be second guessing yourself? So to me, I try to treat, you know, treat everyone as if, you know, we're all. Depends what it was about. Well, yeah, it it, is children of God. Right. And so to say like, (laughs) so again, I I know there's crazy circumstances people can come up with and, but I, I would just really bend over backwards to say, is there any way to try to diffuse this without resorting to, to actual Mm -hmm. violence? But is that 
would there be a point where you would have to resort resort to it or you never would hands up until your head is exploded by something? It I mean the one people always, you know, push me to court like, oh, something horrible is gonna happen to your kid and you're looking at so yeah, yeah I'm I'm not gonna let something like that happen, but it really I w- would try a lot to make sure I don't find myself in that position. And I think a lot of the case, like, cases you know, so if someone's coming, I would prefer to put my body in between it. And, you know, if, if I could do something like that, as opposed to like, oh, I would go get a bat and, you know, smack the guy in the head. So I call you like a nigh pacifist. Nah, what is not on like, like near? nearly near. Right. You just leave a little, little wiggle room. A little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. 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 I'm, so, I'm very I'm close. Just, I'm trying to create a new term. Borderline <laughs> pacifist. <laughs> so, did you become a Christian while you were attending the Austrian School of Economics? Uh, I was. I became a Christian in grad school. So, so kind of. Wow. Yeah, kind I of. mean, the, the the two are probably parallel tracks, though. So, got it. Gotcha. You ever read Thomas Sowell? Yeah, you like it. Yeah, you like him. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, uh, it's, that was supposed to be a funnily stupid question, but it just sounded like I was just being. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, then but in all, in all honesty, it was him reading his like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by op-eds? Because I don't even know if people oh, yeah. read newspapers anymore. We so make fun of op-eds. Like, okay, time. good. So when I was younger, you know, some kids would read the sports section. I'd get newspapers and I'd flip to the you know the back of the A section. And so the ones that my you know occasionally would have Walter Williams or Thomas Sowell. Those those mm-hmm. were my favorite. That's what made me want to go into and become a, an economist. Mm-hmm. Nice. Was was his stuff. What are some of the commonly lobbed? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's the weird thing about reading Thomas Sowell is I don't, I find I don't find a lot of people on the left say much about him. They either just pretend he doesn't exist, which is probably really convenient. But I, what are some of the commonly lobbed uh, accusations? I don't know. Like, where do they say he's wrong or oh, criticisms of Thomas Sowell from the left, and where where are they right. incorrect? Or, I don't know. Great question, Ethan. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you're you, you're right. I I think they mostly ignore him. Um, yeah, and I I feel bad because you know, no matter what the poor guy does, everyone's going to just mention what his skin color is. Like you know, what I mean, he, yeah. so. But yeah. I I think that that is part of it that they realize they you know they can't accuse him of being a racist, and since he writes so much mm-hmm. on you know problems with you know quotas and affirmative action and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, it's it's not like they can even just sidestep those things. And so I, I I do think that's part of it. Like if you're some white liberal who's used to just dismissing people as, oh, you're racist, you don't get it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. they can't say that to him. So I think partly, you know, the, but but you're right. I I've heard like he and Walter Williams have referred to and said, you know, some of their critics call them, you know, Uncle Tom or like token Republican mm-hmm. black people or you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. But you know, I'm just hearing them say that's sometimes how they deal with us is they, you know, dismiss us mm. that, that way. But I, I have never really seen people address him head on. Huh. Yeah, that's fascinating. Got any Kyle? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I could go on, but I just, I was, I feel like I should give you a turn. So Christian, you're a Christian economist. And I'm kind of wondering how you, how you see that connecting or, you know, why should Christians even care about that? And uh, I don't know, it seems like it's one of those sciences or areas of study where uh, Christians aren't... He's a climate scientist for money. A climate scientist, but with money. Right? No, you are. So you predict... When do you predict the world will end from money? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was on a roll, man. Sorry, I ruined you. I was on a roll with that question. It's ruined. <laughs> no, that's a good. I like his question. Don't don't answer mine. Okay, so you're. If I understand, you're saying it like, is there a tension between economics and Christianity? Or like, why should Christians care about it? I mean, what you know, why why should we care? Okay, well, he's not Dave Ramsey. I don't. Yeah. So I think. <laughs> so so part of it is, um, you know, like I think it's just economics is interesting and it's important to people. And so it's not that, you know, Christians per se care about it due to, to Christianity. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, just it's uh, most of what government does nowadays in some way involves an economic fallacy. And so partly to keep people, uh, you know, things like protecting the family from the onslaught of the state and things like that, which, you know, a lot of Christians care about, I think partly is, oh, if you if people knew sound economics, a lot of the, the justification that politicians use for these inroads that bother Christians for other reasons, you know, would, would evaporate. So, so there's that element as well, just for, you know, an educated public is going to be um, able to maintain their liberty better. But you're right. It, it's, I, I think some branches of Christianity or some variants of it are pretty hostile, particularly to free market economics. Like they think there's something dirty about profit seeking and what whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I I understand where that's coming from. And of course, there's a lot of people that think like, you know, the Acts of the Apostles describes a socialist community, you know, understandably, you could see where people would think that. Um, so for me, it's it's more that, you know, if you're a Christian, you certainly can't put your, your trust in riches. But clearly, I think the Bible is not saying that if you're a rich person per se, you know, that that's it. Like, uh, you know, especially in the Old Testament, there's people, you know, re- rewarded with, with wealth. And that was a, a sign of, you know, being, you know, walking with God and whatever, that they were blessed materially. Um, so I, I, I think it's more a matter of priority. Hmm. I, uh, yeah. I had, yes, I, I had something. Can I help you? I actually did have something. <laughs> I lost it. You got something? I don't have anything. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> what was it? We do have our final 10 questions we want to ask you. You want to do that? Um, I wish I could remember my question. All right. Let's do it. Great. Or do we do we have any questions from subscribers? Oh. Because they're not on here if we do, unless they're... Oh, they might be mixed in with the other questions. No, we just have the stupid questions. And we have some real questions, but I don't know if they're... Uh, oh, yeah. If any of those are uh, from the subscribers. I'm not sure. You see how, rec- how uh, organized we are? Very organized. Well, it lends some spontaneity to it. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. spontaneous. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. What's your favorite? Do you like like Marvel movies or Lord of the Rings? Or I bet it's Freakonomics. Cool. Freakonomics. Freakonomics. That's his favorite movie. Is there actually a movie of Freakonomics? Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No, no I didn't know movie. that. Yeah, based on the book. Huh, no, I didn't know that. Um, I, lo- I love the Marvel movies. Lord of the Rings. I never read the books in the mm, movies. Sad. They kind of seemed the same to me. And I my thing is... I can't stand when there's like the climatic, you know, battle scenes at the end when everybody lines up and both and just runs at each other. Like as an economist, <laughs> I, f- I feel that that's wasteful. I feel like, you know, we could have a huddle beforehand yeah. and say, guys, why don't we like hide out in the trees and then snipe yeah. at them or see it just, it seems wasteful to me. Yeah. And, and then as a pacifist, you wouldn't like that. Right. We would, we, <laughs> yeah. we would just hide out in the trees, you know, and that, yeah. that's yeah. it. And gotcha. we'd go pick lemons <laughs> and go make a lemonade stand. Yeah. That was actually lemonade. one question I had. Like, cause yeah, lemonade stand. As an economist, a man who's got money wheels cranking in your brain all day uh, long, what are di- ways you're different from the average person? Like you see a coupon at the store. Like what do you? How, what's a different way you conduct yourself at the grocery store with your decisions? 
stuff like that. Gas, gas, where you get your gas. Sure. Well, just to finish the train, I thought the other one, like at the end of the 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 Marvel one, you know, when they're oh, yeah. facing off against Thanos, there. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Doctor Strange is like pulling, you know, the bubbles are appearing, the circles, and they're. Co- mm-hmm. Why didn't he come behind them? See, what I'm saying, like, he can zoom, bring the the reinforcements in anywhere. Why not come in behind him and just start? You know, that's a good I, point. I just, I, I wonder yeah. about these. Well, things. and even you think about Thanos's plan that he's going to kill half the population, but mm-hmm. doesn't the population double like every 20 years or something? So mm-hmm. his plan, he, like, he would cleanse the universe for like 20 years, and then. That's his master right. plan. Well, that, well, that's something you know. You mentioned as an economist, so there. Yeah, you look at that. Like we, like that. Thanos is like a good, a good environmentalist or something. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Like my it's my hard dream, to the right place. My dream is that <laughs> like that. Though I would I would be the hero there because I would get out you know my textbook and show why you know more population means more division of labor and it's more efficient. In other words, we we all have a higher standard of living with seven billion people than if there were just a hundred people. Like if there was a nuclear holocaust and most of the people died off, the survivors would actually end up being pretty poor pretty fast. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like like Will Smith in a I Am Legend, you know, he's driving his car around. What happens when the refined gasoline runs out? Does Will Smith know how to take crude oil and turn it into gasoline? I don't know that he, I mean, he's a smart mm-hmm. guy, but I don't yeah. know. So that's the kind of thing where it's the whole- it's that you carved that out. Yeah, the whole, smart. The, the whole premise <laughs> of that is, is wrong. And also like you're saying for various things too, but- um, so, so I was thinking yeah, they, I'd be the hero in the Marvel universe and they would take my textbook on population being good. Spider-Man would like put it on the inside of Captain America's <laughs> shield. They would throw it and then somebody would like, I don't know, Marvel would just put it over Thanos's face and he'd have to read it. And then he would have an epiphany <laughs> and, and turn And then over just the- as backup, if he doesn't listen to it, then there's a button you push and it blows up and blows his head up. That would he wouldn't be very press the button. No, yeah. I would. Yeah, you hand it off to someone Tony else. Stark, or you accidentally stumble yeah. and drop it, and the Oops. button hits the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tony Stark would, would push it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, my question. Okay, is it a dumb question? Wait, what was your question? Oh, yeah. It, it, what, what, when you're like line. at the gro- oh, grocery yeah, yeah, yeah. store, right. the gas station. Okay. Where else do people go? Uh, I'm trying Hanging to think. at the hookah lounge. Wherever you hang out, the the pacifist cigar store. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think. I mean, so, so yes, to answer your question, it, it happens a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of it. So, like at the grocery store, just things like you know coupons. Like you know, mm-hmm. do you ever say wh- why? Why do they have coupon? Like if they're yeah. if they're gonna, I mean, presumably it's oh because they want to sell more at a lower price. Okay, so why don't they just cut the price then? You know, what's the function? Yeah. Why do they give coupon? So there, you know, as an economist, I think mm-hmm. the answer is something like because they really only want to give the price cut to the people they're going to respond to it. You know what I mean? They're, so they're actually trying to charge two prices. Mm-hmm. So the, per, right. the, the busy person who's just, you know, coming from work, he's got to run by the, the store and get some stuff and go home. They want to charge him a higher price than the person who is going to go to a different store. If the price is lower, that's the person that gets the coupon, you know, that mm-hmm. little things like that. Um, um, yeah, it's why, yeah. why do movie theaters, you know, the, the reason they charge a lot of stuff is economists almost overthink things like so stuff that you would think are obvious, economists are more like they don't know why but they know your your explanation isn't right so for like like why does popcorn cost so much in the movie theater an economist will sit there and say why is that and most people like oh because they can i was like well okay but then why don't they charge you to go to the bathroom then at the movie theater yeah because they can do that too and you see you know what i mean so it's 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 weird things like where it's more economists they they don't necessarily come up with the right answer but they know why your answer is wrong so 
Yeah, I remember I talked to somebody who worked had who owned a movie theater and telling me about the you know almost all the money goes back for the movies. It's almost like the mo- the movies are a way for them to get customers in, and they make almost all their money from the popcorn and stuff, which yeah. is pretty crazy. It made me like suddenly convicted that whenever I go to the movies, I better buy some popcorn. Right, which isn't good for me because I'm really fat. Well, and I got another one for you. Okay, so like at the at the grocery store, like you ever notice they play like kind of soft rock and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it might even be a song you like, but it's not the version, you yeah. know, it's like you journey know, and real. Stuff. Yeah. Like, don't stop believing, you know? Yeah. And why <laughs> yeah. is that? And it's, I believe the answer is cause they want to slow you down. They don't mm. want you to zoom. You know what I mean? They want to slow you down. So you, you shot more. So just little, little, mm. little things like that. Yeah. That's why they put the milk in the back. Cause I only ever go to the grocery store to get the milk. Oh yeah, yeah. you have to Milk walk through eggs like, and yeah, bread. You got to get through all the stuff to get there. Interesting, smart. Hmm. Well, let's do our final ten questions. If you got time, you got time for this. Sure thing. All right. Go ahead, Ethan. <laughs> have you ever met Christian uh, pop artist Carmen? No. Um, are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? I am very close to a Calvinist. That I. There's a nigh Calvinist. Yes. Nye. Yeah, like maybe all but one of the points, and I'm I'm sold on. Okay. You don't like limited atonement? Is that your uh, the point you don't like? Can you guys put this into lemonade stand analogy? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jesus purchased the lemonade, but did he buy the lemonade for everybody or just for the elect? <laughs> yeah, to answer, yeah, because there's certain. I mean, and believe me, I get where that comes from, but also there's a, you know, like Jesus died, you know, f- for the sins of the world. And you know what I mean? There's, there's things. Yes. To answer your question, that's. Yeah. That, I'm on the same the page. One. That's a sticking <laughs> point. You can add one book to the Bible. What is it? I suppose I would like one in between, you know, the old and new Testament, like to just give us an idea, like what were those people thinking? You know, like, were, were they waiting around? Were they, you know, did, they, did things steadily decline? Are oh, you like then, adding yeah. a book to the, like, it would be, so it'd be called like Hezekiah or something? Isn't Hezekiah already a book? Is it? I think so. Is Hezekiah a book? <laughs> hey, Dan, is Hezekiah a book in the Bible? It'd be called Matthew. Yeah, some, something new, Matthew. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matthias. No, well, usually this book, it, mean, it no, means like, not. what's a book you think is so good? That's funny that you didn't know that Hezekiah was in a book in the Bible. It just sounds like one. He went to like Bible college. I know. Well, I'm on the spot here. <laughs> oh, see, I misunderstood your, the, yeah, okay, so if you, you mean like add, I'm like, supposed to say great Thomas expectations Sewell, or something. I guess you. Economics. I'm supposed to say human. Okay, not that I'm human literally. Action. But you can do that. You can make up a book. I like this. Okay. But I want you to name it. Well, Hezekiah didn't Hezekiah. He- Hezekiah. Okay. Hezekiah. Oh, okay. So in this book of Hezekiah, they explain what all happened in between. It's like a prequel. Yes. Midquel. Yeah, midquel. Yeah. A midquel. It's like yeah, Rogue One. It's like, you took it. Yeah. Okay. We both are going to say Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rogue One. So. Yeah. So right. it's showing, you know, the Israel's waiting, you know, they haven't heard from me. So that it would be like the only book where I guess God doesn't directly do something, you know, just to kind of mm. know like, what's going on here, you know, and to see that I'd be curious Back to see. Stories. Are they getting worried? You know, are they like, no, no, it's, it's fine. He's going to. You know, the prophecies are there. I'd be curious. It's like the better call Saul of the New Testament. Yes. Maybe. Better call but King not Saul. Saul. Well, maybe Saul. King no. Saul. Yeah. King Saul. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, cigars or pipes? Uh, pipes. Hmm. All right. Uh, who do you hang out with? Uh, you get to hang out with any three people, living or dead. You can't pick Jesus. Have a pipe with Have them. Have a pipe with them. 
Okay. Um, Richard Feynman. Uh, da, 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 Is that an economist? No, the, the physicist. You, you guys, oh, the Shirley or Joker, Mr. Oh, he's a famous physicist. Uh, okay. Yeah, I knew that. He did cool stuff. <laughs> no, he was a fun, you guys, you should check him out. He's, he did we'll some good stuff. He would, he would, he was a jokester. He's working on the atomic bomb in World War II and he's uh, going around like just figuring out how to open the safes of the generals and stuff like at the Los Alamos yeah. site. So a clever guy. He'd like him. Okay. Um, I don't know if he had a lemonade stand or what his position was on that. All right. So <laughs> him, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, John Lennon. Sure. Why not? And, uh, oh boy, Thomas Paine. How's that? Well, all at the same nice time. Mix. Yeah. All together. It'd be an explosive conversation. <laughs> Yeah, what do you believe the rumors that John Lennon became a little more conservative in his later years? I, I mean, I wasn't aware of that, but I that wouldn't surprise me. Just you know, him having a kid and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was some guy that wrote a book about it. He showed all this evidence that he had actually kind of become a little more. He kind of regretted Imagine apparently later on. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, did, I didn't. And, I didn't young know and, that. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Naive. Even yeah. even having said all that, I mean, what bothers me though, like his song Revolution was anti-revolutionary. Mm. You know what I mean? If you actually listen yep. to the lyrics, he's saying, like, he's he's telling, like, the people calling for violent revolution, like, no, calm down, guys. Mm. And, you, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, you know, sharing pictures of Chairman Mao. Mm. Yet, for some mm. reason, I've seen conservatives thinking, oh, well, the Beatles were calling for revolution. You know, William F. Buckley knew, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 you misunderstood. <laughs> conservatives uh, mistranslate lyrics quite often, I've noticed. Yeah. Like Christian magazines, like explaining to parents what lyrics mean. There is like, oh, yeah. that's the opposite meaning of the song. <laughs> uh, whiskey or beer? Uh, I guess I'll say beer. All right. But not IPA, hopefully. Or lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> you become president. What is the first thing you do? I, I, I'll say resign. I don't know if that's the obvious <laughs> answer. And, and, the, and the reason would be, you know, I, I would like taking a stand for, you know, hey, I can't take this money. It's, you know, it's uh, there, there shouldn't be such a position, that kind of thing. But then mm. off in the wings, when I no longer have power, then I would go ahead and, and give all sorts of ideas about what could be done to help. And what help would your country. first idea be that you'd give to the president? Uh, I would. Huh. I, I suppose get get rid of the income tax. Nice. I like it. I'm voting for Dr. Murphy. Kyle never votes. But I don't vote. Um, oh, Kyle's turn. Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, what do you order at Chick-fil-A? I got all the Jeez, dumb questions, questions, man. Got you got, a, you got the better questions. We could switch that and we have a better one in place of that one. Now, what do you order at Chick-fil-A? I want to oh, okay, know. Fine. What do I order? I get the, uh, the sandwich and the fries and the, and the Coke. Yeah. What? I don't know. It, it's a simple, it's a simple menu. So we need, <laughs> yeah. we need a, such a simple menu. Well, we need I, a better the, question. The, the choice, I mean, whether you get uh, the, the fried one or the, the grilled one, I guess that's, yeah, that's the that's issue. And so it depends, Word. it depends how, um, you know, much your sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been a fist fight? That's the one I wanted to put in place of that one. <laughs> Have you ever been in? A, he's a pacifist. I know, but, well, no, but maybe I'm a pacifist. Out he's been in one. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why. You know, maybe I realized. Oh, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, that hurt. Uh, no, the most was a, a pushing fight. I don't know if you guys oh, had those. Fight? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was like I don't know. It was pretty young. We were playing kickball in the school. I don't even mm. know what happened. I was like round in second base. I think there was some incidental contact. We were playing the other homeroom, and then like the two homerooms, the bench is cleared and. The kid was pushing me, so I had to push him back, and then the teacher broke it up. But mm. there you go. 
I was hoping it was like at economy school. Yeah. And they're arguing (laughs) over the different models, the different philosophies of economics. (laughs) Start pushing each other. Paul Krugman's right. Wrong! (laughs) Uh, One concert. Oh, wait. Did I take? No. One concert. I added one. Okay. One concert. Any band in history. Who do you see? I mean, I I love the Beatles, so probably them, yeah, but also in terms of just the perform, like I would love to have seen Queen in their prime. Mm. Like I think that yeah. would be pretty incredible too. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Good answer. Uh, right here, right now, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. All right, all right, we got, we got another, another one. one. <laughs> we did it. We have very effective altar calls here at <laughs> the Babylon Bee. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, sir. did we do it? I think we did it. We we solved all of the economy's problems through lemonade stand analogies. And the problems of the MCU, the economics mm-hmm. there. Which MCU character would be the best economist? Uh, I'll say Doctor Strange because um, oh yeah, where he does the real counterintuitive, like he looks at all the possibilities and yep. then gives Thanos uh, the thing. Like that's something an economist would do. Where everyone else is like, that is the stupid. Why would you do? Like economists tend to. Mm. Rec, you know, come up with some wacky off the wall thing, and it's because they really thought through all the alternatives. So I'll, I'll say mm. that all the multiverses. I like it. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Murphy has written some books. We sure. wanted to mention "Choice: The Politically Incorrect Guide to Capitalism" and "Lessons for the Young Economist." And you have a new teaching series out called "Understanding Money Mechanics." Where can people find all that stuff? Uh, if, th- if they go to my website, you can see links to it. So consultingbyrpm.com, you can get okay. links to all that stuff. And the, the money mechanics thing, that's coming out from the Mises Institute. Okay, awesome. Well, all the links will be in the show notes. We thank you so much for coming on. Hope you didn't mind all our stupid questions. Yeah. And uh, we have more economics questions someday. We'll, have you, we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. Okay, well, great, guys. Thanks, this was fun. Like <laughs> I said, to keep up the good work, I like the, the stuff you guys are doing. <laughs> cool, thanks so well, much. Thanks a lot. You've just experienced another episode of The Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit bobmurphyshow.com.